This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Michelle, following on from our previous episode where we were chatting about, well, about a lot of things, but one of the big themes was this idea of failing a lot. And nearly immediately after that episode, you had a great idea for something that we could do, which I got very excited about. It really occurred to me that I I want to show people rather than tell them about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I want them to experience it. So right after we got off recording, I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to do this. We've got to fail greatly, you know, together. Mm -hmm. And I can show you what I mean by this. And so I put that into the Origin Art members group and said, hey, let's do this together. Failing intentionally, failing greatly and doing it together. I've already started to see some things that I'm like, oh, there's some little sparks happening with different people. And it's already showing up in a way that I'm like, yes, that this is what I'm talking about. So you've been through it a few days. What's what's on top of your mind with it? Yeah. So you said, let's do failing greatly. Let's do 30 days of failing, which I love. So it's like a challenge. It's like one of those Instagram challenges. But what I immediately loved about it was that it's happening in a private space within our membership. I was really excited to do it. And I knew that having it in the private space was going to make a difference because, you know, hashtag 30 days of failing. We put that on Instagram and then we go to post every day and we think it's 30 days of failing, but I don't want to post something that's too ugly or that's <laughs> like makes me look stupid. Like I don't know what I'm doing. There's so, filtering, isn't there? Yeah, yes, definitely. I knew, I knew I'd be filtering if I did this in public. Yeah, I love having it in a private group, um, which is just more, I guess, for all of us to think about if we want to do things like this, we often think, immediately of sharing, like it becomes content, but maybe there's space for you to do things like this in private for yourself and sharing, like we've talked about last episode and a number of times, maybe in a, in a safer, smaller private group, whatever you have that looks like that. And yeah, so it's kind of kicked off. So we've had a few days now. The challenge that you've set us is how can you be risky? Can you be bold? Can you try something new and for it not to work basically? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then to share that and to the other part of it, which I think is really powerful is to reflect on it and to then share, okay, looking at this, what are the parts that I don't like? What are the parts that have failed from what I attempted? And then what are the parts of it that I do like? then they might be surprise parts, you know, things that were never part of the original intention that just happened. Or they might be ways that the intention was fulfilled, but not how we thought it would. So there's those questions, which I found really interesting. And the other part of what you kind of laid into this is to ask ourselves, like, what is this in pursuit of? So in terms of when we think about, oh, this this hasn't worked for me, this painting doesn't work for me. Well, really, how can we judge a failure or a success unless we have some idea, and I'm using mine words now, so you might correct yeah. kind of the way I've framed this, but unless we have some idea of what it's in pursuit of, what what are we going for so that 
we can then make judgments about what part of it or kind of discern what parts of it moved us forward in that way or yeah do you think all of those points is sort of the kind of I thing think you've brought up? explained it really really well and I think um there's a few layers to it that I mm-hmm. I think will start becoming more clear to everyone as it starts unfolding mm-hmm. um, because I'm really modeling something that I do in the studio that I'm actually addicted to. For me, it's moved mountains and moved me out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really taken the power out of failure as a bad thing, you know, and turned it into something that shows me things that I hadn't even imagined. You know, because I think sometimes we think, oh, it's going to be like this and I'm going to do it like it's a formula, Yes, you know, that yes. art making is a formula. And this completely dismantles it because when you're failing and taking risks, well, you can't actually fail without taking risks, right? So mm-hmm. it puts you in, in the risk making zone, but to do it in a way that frees you from it is for me just the most life-changing thing. I've ever experienced, you know, honestly, it just, it's what keeps me excited to go into the studio because if I'm failing every day, I'm like, Beck, I'm failing every day. And Beck's like, and you still (laughs) want to go into the studio? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) There's so many emotional parts to this that I think impact our psyche as artists and our resilience and all these emotional things that really can stump us. Yes, definitely. There's many layers to this challenge that I think is really happening and I'm so excited to share the journey. And we'll definitely be talking about this down the road as we get through it more because I think it's so incredibly powerful in so many ways, you know, yes. because it's not just this one thing, um, which brings me to, I think that's the other part is when I say, you know, what what's that feeling? What's that pursuit we're, we're going for? Mm. And I always ask myself, like, am I explaining it right? Am I doing the best job at really expressing what I'm trying to mean with the way I talk about art or the way my process works? When you look at my latest exhibition of work, one of the things I really wanted to do was show all sides of me and really what that looks like in in terms of failing greatly is to express myself and express feelings in lots of different ways. It's not like one way. Um, and I think that that's one thing that we get stumped on as artists too, is really how we're thinking, what's the one thing I got to say? What's my one style? What's my, you know, like it's this one thing, one right way. I'm here to say, I don't think it's just this one thing. <laughs> totally. Because you've talked about before multiple times, like in the way that you teach and in these conversations we've had, <laughs> this is really funny, actually. You often talk about what's the feeling you're going for? What's the feeling you're going for? And all of those times, Michelle, I've sat here and I haven't actually said anything, but I've kind of thought, oh, I'm not sure that that's really resonates for me and that that's going to work for me. But that's okay because when I take in, you know, guidance and information and experiences from other people, I often kind of filter that a little bit and say it's not necessarily going to look the same way for everyone. And we don't all use the same kind of language, right? So what Michelle is experiencing when she talks about a feeling, I might conceptualize in a slightly different way. So, so that's all good. 
But in terms of posting and sharing these kind of daily failures in our group and you, one of the questions you posed was, what is this in pursuit of? I had to say, I'm not really sure. I'm hoping that what it's in pursuit of might reveal itself through a bit of volume, number one. And also when we were talking about like what feeling you're going for, it really highlights for me how much of a, a, a rut in a way my mind is because we've discussed this before, but my my mind goes for trying to say, well, what is the feeling that I as an artist want to express now and forever? Do you know what I mean? Like this <laughs> one, what is this one thing I'm in pursuit of? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you talked about your exhibition just then and you're talking about multiple feelings and multiple things, I'm like, oh, it's not just one thing now and forever. It's it's literally just like in this moment, on this particular mm-hmm. piece, with this particular like brushstroke yes. maybe. It could be as specific as that. Exactly. In this one brushstroke and then that could change in the next moment. It could change tomorrow. I think this is the part again. I'm getting a lot more into quantum physics and all this kind of, you know, (laughs) energetic exchange stuff. I'm really, really paying attention to that in my own life and my own work as well. And I think it's, again, think of it like an energetic exchange of a moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think this is the part that I'm really struck with post-exhibition you know, post showing the work. I mean, showing our work is so exciting and so meaningful for us as artists because it's like, ah, here's what I've done. This is, this is me, you know, and it's kind of this big expression of us. But what I've left with, it's literally like post exhibition now. There's an emptiness of it as in like, it's all, it's all new now. It's all, it's open space. It's fresh. That work was done, but what matters about what just happened is those moments in the studio, capturing an expression, capturing a feeling. And again, not that every piece of mine had to say the same thing, but more of how could I express myself in multiple ways, but to have clarity in the feeling, because I think sometimes we try to make art do too many things Mm -hmm. and we dilute a particular feeling. Like for example, I'll just look at one of my pieces. There's one piece, um, actually Fenton Fenton asked me if you had any favorite pieces. And when they asked me that, I was like, no, I love them all the same. But actually there was one little special one that did stand out. It was because it represented a feeling that Mm. I felt like I really captured the best in Mm. terms of it spoke to me. It felt like me in all the ways, not that they all didn't, but you know, there's one that really captured this feeling. And again, let's just talk about moods, you know, we have as humans as an analogy to art, you know, you're happy, you're angry. Can you be happy and angry at the same time? You can't, can you? Or I can't. (laughs) I mean, to be truly angry and to be truly happy, it's one feeling. Yeah. And so if you look at your art as an expression of very subtle feelings, I think they're much more subtle than I'm going to do an angry painting. I'm going to do a happy painting. There's lots more nuances to it. But I think the more clear we can get on going in for expressing a feeling Mm. and really letting people experience the whole feeling, Mm. you know, and letting it kind of be this full body experience as an artist. 
Um, See, I'm interested now in your process then when you talk about uh, the painting expressing a feeling. I know, though, that you've also talked about even in creating this exhibition that painting surprised you, that they, they took different directions. So I'm guessing... I was still in pursuit of the feeling. But did you start at the very beginning of blank canvas? Okay, this piece is... I'm going to go from this this feeling for day one or do you is there exploration and then you it starts it's more of a discovery together with the piece definitely a discovery together but a definite for me there was a range of feelings I wanted to capture okay yeah and so the pursuit of the range of, of feelings what it was the pursuit of that yeah it maybe manifested differently than my original intention mm. but it wasn't me trying to pack in everything into one painting and then doing that multiple times. Right. It yeah. was me really expressing, you know, all these feels so in as different you, ways. As you went into it, you knew that you wanted to have something that had multiple facets and you mm-hmm. had kind of a sense of the kind of continuum or the rainbow or the spectrum of, of things. Yes. Because I love that. <laughs> I yep. notice as these words are coming to me because, of course, your exhibition was called Shared Wavelengths. So it's all very light inspired. So you had this spectrum of feelings that you wanted to express. So I guess the other part of this, it's making me think about not holding things too tightly because you can go mm-hmm. into the studio and you have your kind of concept slash mood boards, but you can kind of hold those intentions a little bit lightly in the background and then Mm -hmm. explore and participate in the work itself a little more freely. So you're not like, okay, I'm coming in today. Yeah. And today is the angry day and you are going to be an angry painting. You're more like, let me work with here and see what's emerging while I'm holding, kind of gently holding these, my intention for what's where mm-hmm. we'll end up in some way <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. And I really, it's funny because again, I mean, it's just, for me, it's such an energetic exchange of I'm coming in here with this intention and then the painting's like, and I'm going to give you back this. Mm-hmm. Now what? And it's this dialogue that happens, you know, because in some cases I was trying to do things that were maybe more minimal than I was ready. Like I would do it. And then I was like, it's, that's not it yet. So I think we think that we're going to come to these great conclusions in our art by literally just seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's like you go in, you have the intention and it's just going to pop out. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the, that's not it is so important to the work. And I know that we're going to discover that through the 30 days because that's literally what my whole studio practice is about. And I think that without doing, no, that's not it. You, you really don't see its full potential because it's, again, it's these moments in the studio that we're in the pursuit of. And if you don't really care about the pursuit and then you get there and you're like, well, that's not it. Sucks to be you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because, and that's is why I say like, you've got to do it for you. You've got to do something that you love because the pursuit is full of a journey that you don't know what that journey looks like. There is no way it is a scientific formula of X plus Z equals Y. It's twisty. It's windy. It's full of surprises. Mm. It shows you things that you hadn't imagined. 
It really does. And I think that when we leave room for it to be, that's not it. That's not it. Cause that's the artwork just sh- showing you how's, how you feel about this. Then what, you know, then mm. what doing work and saying, that's not it, but then yeah. what and yeah. responding to it. Yeah. Which is what those layers of questions you've given us, which is so useful. It just as a reflective kind of verbalizing, like not just in your mind thinking, oh, that didn't work. Next one. It's a pause and a what didn't work and why am I thinking, you know, what judgments am I making about why it didn't work? And then because when you actually pause and look at those, which is you said, um, I think in the last episode, which I loved because it's so true, you were like, don't don't show me, you know, in our, in our private sharing what you would post on Instagram. Show me what you would throw in the bin because we're just throwing that in the bin and not giving it a second thought. And you're saying, slow down, show me this. Why did you, why are you judging this as not working? What elements of it are you immediately saying, nope, nope, nope? And is there anything in there that you would say yes to, but if it was in a different context or, and it's so interesting once you slow down to do that. For me, as I said, this, the phrase that you use, that's not it. I'm really hoping that as I go through the 30 days of failing, I'm going to see a lot of that's not it, but I'm hoping that doing that process is going to clarify what is it. If I work through all the no's, maybe the yes will float to the top. It does. It does. And I think that to get to the yes automatically is, I don't know, maybe other people are much more like, yep, I'm going to do that. But I think that to make work that really gets you excited, Mm. it's full of risk. And you're just not going to get yeses when you're taking risks. You know, you're going to get a lot of no's. And, but I guess, like you said, like, but not to discard everything. I think we really hastily discard things. And that's why I'm really curious um, in the group, because I want to see what are you in pursuit of? Why did you even want to do this? What was this that you were pursuing? And then not make it mean anything that mm-hmm. it didn't actually work out to what you expected or imagined. Because if you still care about that pursuit, what would it look like to do it again now? Now that you have that information, mm-hmm. now that you have the insight of that wasn't it. And this is how I did that. That wasn't it. So what if I do this now? You know what I mean? It's more of a personal feedback loop Mm. for yourself. And I think when we say we're, you know, failing, I mean, it's, it's really just a lesson, you know, that we're learning from. And if we're open to that lesson, maybe informing something else down the road, then it wasn't a failure, was it? It was just something that wasn't used in that moment. For an idea that seemed to spring from you quite easily or immediately after our discussion. And I guess that's the reason why it did come out, this idea of 30 days of failings, because as you said, there are these multiple layers in ways in which you experience failure that you wanted to show us and it's working because the other thing that you're bringing out through this that that I'm really recognizing is this this idea of, of creating volume, which you, mm-hmm. again, you've talked a lot about before, but experiencing it. Because when you feel that things a bit more are a bit more throwaway day to day, like in another one and another one and another one, 
Abundance. Um, yeah, you can go, well, I'll just try this for today. Tomorrow will be a different day and a different thing. And and even the way now in this conversation, you've you've moved my mind about this idea of what am I in pursuit of, like we said before, that can be just this particular um, piece. And I started by saying I'm not sure what I'm in pursuit of, and that's what I posted um, earlier today. But having had this conversation, I go, well, actually, I do have a sense of something that I'm in pursuit of. Mm -hmm. I do have a feeling, a sense of the feeling that I want to experience in creating the work. Yes. Um, that, so I know that much. That's a good start. I do know what I'm in pursuit of when I, when I work on my, um, piece for today. I think that if you go into it with that feeling, that you want to experience mm. because again, I think the paintings are just the byproduct of something we've experienced. You know, you want to feel that way and the artwork in that moment, you know, either shows up as that or another version, you know, it gives you another version of that than you expected. But again, it's like, it's doesn't mean that pursuit is, even if it didn't work out the way you wanted, it doesn't mean that pursuit of that feeling isn't worthy of continuing it's just either abandoned or continued until you get it. And in some cases with what I did in this last work was I kept really kind of recreating it again and again, because I was like, that's not it, but it's, it's there. I'm going to, I'm going to give I it know. another go again. It feels you know? so close. Like it's mm. just slightly out of reach. And the way we're talking about this now really brings up for me something which I think maybe you said earlier in this conversation, but it's just registering for me in a different way, which is how much I can, particularly those of us, I think, who are more on the uh, thinky kind of wordy intellectual type spectrum. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. I think you, Michelle, are definitely um, a little more towards the pure feeling and, and pure visual expression. And I tend to like process things a little bit more through thinking about them. And I think that if you have that way of relating to the world, then when it comes to your art and what we're talking about, it can be easy to disregard the very like little intuitive senses mm -hmm. of of what you should follow because they don't immediately match up in a logical mm -hmm. um it's not linear linear way exactly so the little hits that you get of like you're saying I want to feel like this when I'm painting and then the mind can jump in and say well it's not about how you feel but actually from all sorts of philosophies and points of view of the universe there's a lot of knowledge that we're not necessarily consciously accessing, but mm -hmm. subconsciously it's saying like, so that feeling of that's not it yet, that is some kind of knowledge or wisdom that maybe you don't have right at the top of your awareness right, right now, right. but it's there underneath. It's an saying, intuition. Yeah. You follow that and you follow that and you can, and I do believe this, you can kind of trust in that energy exchange that's going to take you down a path. And I think that what's interesting about following the that's not it path, which seems very counterintuitive yeah, to exactly. success, yeah. is that it, it can discourage you if you don't have the right mindset and point of view of it, as in like, 
just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But if you don't focus on the intention of it to find it, it, it doesn't exist, right? Like mm-hmm. it only exists because the intention's there and you stick with it. Mm-hmm. The time, again, is irrelevant in the sense that sometimes it comes quickly, sometimes it doesn't. But if I really truly believe like if you stick with it, it does show up. It just usually isn't on the timeline that we as humans expect. And so we (laughs) get really mad and frustrated and say, all right, maybe this is, maybe it's just too hard. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. Maybe I should quit. Maybe, Mm. you know, maybe I'm not built for this. But again, I, I look at it more as, you know, art is like a lot of things in the world. A lot of things take work and are full of like, oh, that doesn't feel right. You know, like a job that you're like, I'm doing this job, but it doesn't feel right. You know, Mm. like, again, I think there's so much trusting ourselves that we have to go through. And I'm hoping through this 30 day challenge that there's a little bit more of letting go and trusting that it's going to show up, but it doesn't look as in, you know, you're going to have one perfect painting in 30 days. It's going to be this painting had a little bit of this, this painting had a little bit of that. This painting had a little, like each little thing over the 30 days is going to give you a little tiny spark that starts to ignite a bigger flame than what those little individual things do. And I think that if you can stick with it to kind of let those little sparks show up and not talk yourself out of, you know, really like diluting the sparks, like let that little, whatever that little one thing is, or that pursuit, keep that flame alive and put it in the next piece. But again, like, stepping back from the pieces as a volume and saying that wasn't that that didn't work out because of this but this actually really is cool in it and maybe I'm going to use that in the future like just let it be i guess is what i'm saying like just let the artwork be have a moment with it let mm-hmm. it be but don't abandon it yeah just keep pursuing it and again i think it's these little tiny sparks that add up to the the volume and the big spark and the big, you know, the, the bigger vision for the work. But when I say bigger vision, it doesn't mean like I have only one tiny expression of myself. I have multiple sides. And I think Mm -hmm. Beck, I'm looking at Beck right now and Beck has many sides to her. She's very multifaceted, like we each are. And so like one day, you know, say there's this moody poem that comes out of Beck does that mean she's only going to write moody poems for the next 30 years? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like <laughs> yeah. it's one side. What I'm saying is like, let it just be, yeah. you know, let it come out as it's supposed to, as in it wants to teach us something along the way and kind of detach from it, I guess, so that, again, we can let it really express in a way that's even bigger and better. I know I've said that before that it, for me, it's always expressed in a bigger and better way than what I'm thinking. So again, like getting out of my head and just, okay, this is the intention. This is what I'm going for. This is the pursuit. This is how it showed up. No, that's not it, but what's next. And, and it ends up coming out differently, but if it's a true feeling that we're connected to is in an authentic, yeah, that's me. I think that it still connects even though I'm sounding super heady right now, I think. Well, I think what you were just saying then about not being limited by what you can imagine, it actually allows much more possibility is a different take on what I was saying before about 
how what we're thinking can kind of get in the way of those mm-hmm. intuition and right and can limit it. So that's what you're saying that that the intuition that the the more uh, kind of maybe less clear, maybe it's not as black and white, but those feelings and guiding feelings, it can actually take us places that we can't even imagine in our heads. Yeah. And that's yeah. the exciting thing. Exactly. And that's, that's the guiding feeling. That's that intuition. That's that, you know, for me, it's like a gut feeling of, you know, yeah, more of that, no less of that, you know, and just keep kind of carving out that feeling. And again, multiple sides to the feeling. And (laughs) I guess as artists, I think what I'm also saying is don't be afraid to express it all. You know, Mm -hmm. don't make it, make it bad because it showed up angry and you were going for soft. I think Mm -hmm. that our subconscious and our just inner beings kind of show up in ways that we don't always have control over. That's a big thing, isn't it? For artists, I think can get really caught up in, oh, but this doesn't match my other work or what is the market going to think about this? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, is this something that I'm going to continue doing because I can only do one thing? So all of those things then, and like even for me, just a few days into making these kind of failure (laughs) pieces, I was observing my thoughts, observing what was coming up and, and thoughts around, oh, I don't know if this is original enough. Like, is this going to be different enough from what, what other people are doing? And that's just all so preemptive, really. It's all too early. Completely. Way, way too early. Completely shutting down ideas that are waiting to be explored and expressed, Mm. you know, because it's again, in this, you know, idea phase, we have to only think of connecting to it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. The one goal. And I'm saying this for my origin artists who are listening. The one goal of 30 days is to connect with it. Mm-hmm. Connect mm-hmm. with it personally. Because until you connect with it, I don't think other people are going to be able to get it. Because it doesn't show up as a authentic truth as in like it might not really express itself in the way that gives you satisfaction. So if you want to be satisfied, at least my personal take on how I view my studio practice is you have to do it for yourself, like I said before. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be satisfied again with that pursuit and enjoy that moment first. And if you're connected with it and if you're not connected with it, what is it? Is it, is it that you're overthinking about who's going to like it? It's like, but it's not even anything you're showing anyone who cares. <laughs> exactly. why, why do we do this to ourselves? You know, like you don't have to make everything mean everything. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's just like, she's so much pressure. Just have a good time with it in a moment, literally a moment. See what happens. So, yeah, we're doing this 30 days of failing greatly within the Origin Art membership. And we, when we started this, we said to each other, oh, this will be good to have an episode about this at the end of the 30 days so that we can just talk about the lessons that we got from it. Um, and then 
you know, three or four days in, we're already like, actually, there's a bit to talk about. So I guess one was just sharing the thoughts that were already arising from this process. And also to say to anyone listening to encourage you to get into some failures in your studio. And we'll talk about what 30 days of failure has opened up for us as well at some point in a future episode too. Definitely more, way more to talk about. Mm -hmm. 